Hey there, Mark. No, not my headphones. You're not. Not you. I am. One second. Just one moment. Caller. It's about now. Oh, it's about now. Yeah. Hello? Can you not hear me? You can hear you, though. I can hear me. Well, yes. I don't know. I can hear you anyway, because you're by the table. <laughs> oh, no, I heard you then. That's what? Fine. Did you hear me then? I heard you. Can you hear me? Sure. Yeah. Through through the through here. Yeah. You're kind of just <laughs> God, that's painful, isn't it? Ray Allen and Lord Charles. He was freaky, wasn't he? Who? Ray Allen. Ray, Ray Allen. He had a ventriloquist dummy called Lord Charles with a monocle. Oh yes, of course he did. He had the the chin that went up and down. Yeah. Yeah. Another modern reference. To my... <laughs> that's why our demographic's going younger and younger. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, should we get on? Yep. Hello and welcome to episode 80 of I'm Fine, a chat between myself, Damo, and someone who won't be satisfied with this weather until his blood is literally boiling. Hmm. Hotter the better. I don't get it. No? No, I'm sitting here kind of uncomfortable and you're like, oh gosh, just you bring look, it on. You look like on. Jack Grealish in a sauna. Thank <laughs> you. Like Except you haven't fallen over yet. Yeah, good point. Hmm. We'll come to that in a minute. Oh. Is the, is the chat, well, we can't not talk about the football, can we? No. Well, we could. I just think it's really lucky that all the celebrities, all the MPs and all the TV presenters mm. got tickets from the ballot. Oh, did they? Yeah. Well, it all got like really lucky. Someone put on Twitter today, there has been more MPs at Wembley than it has been at any time together in the House of Commons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Piers Morgan was there. All right. Yeah. All of them. Good for them. Phil Schofield. <laughs> not <laughs> little Lorraine Kelly. <laughs> is she not? No. She's Scottish. Oh. Yeah. And? She can still go to a football game. Not the, the English. No. Not allowed? No. No, okay. I didn't know. You have to show your kind of nationality, proof oh. of nationality as well as your proof of uh, COVID <laughs> status. Is that what it is? You have to be prepared to take your top off and, <laughs> and what? show your tattoos to show your proper Oh, right, English so you need a... Li- shine a laser in someone's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that you? No, I never oh, thought, right. I, I feel really... We used to, I used to go to concert, uh, festivals. Yeah. And lots of people would use lasers yeah, at festivals, big, and they? it's like, it's mind-numbingly stupid, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know how oh. much damage they can really do. They bring it? down planes. What? When has a laser pen ever brought down a plane? Well, it has. Has uh, it? Yeah. <laughs> Not going to burn through anything, is it? No, it didn't burn through, but it, well, no, there is evidence. I know, I know of, you know of seven cases. Seven cases. Seven pilots right. contacted the show. Right, and so... <laughs> I've been well, they haven't said anything. They couldn't even see to oh, type. They're de- yeah, they're dead. Um, can I carry on? Mm. This is a chat around the subjects of health, wealth, well-being, fitness, sport, wanting to do stuff, not doing stuff, getting anxiety about why we're not doing stuff. And then when we do do the stuff, we don't realise we've done the stuff and then we don't give ourselves any credit. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Should I do that again? It wasn't quite as slick as your last one, which no. was quite rap <laughs> I've literally just you? written it. All oh, right. Okay. Because I was rushing. At least, feeling you, the at least you prepared something for the show, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I was feeling the pressure. You were just watching me type it. All right. I was feeling and I've gone and ballsed it up. But that's wabby-sabby for you. We're yeah. all work in progress, and this podcast is no exception. In short, it's spoken our perfectly imperfect lives, and if we can make just one person feel like they're not alone in all, all this... M-A-D-M-E-S. S. Oh, my God. You can't spell madness. I was just trying to do it to M-I-C-K-E-Y. M-O-U-S-E. Yeah. Oh, is that what you're doing? Yeah, yeah it was hopeless. Mm. Uh, please subscribe to us in your podcast app of choice and join us on Instagram if you can, if you have it, if you can be bothered. Coming up in this episode, warm up and stretch, usual stuff, usual catch. You're right, you've done a lot of the huff. I think it's... Um, What's the matter with you? A lot of a lot of people when they're training with me, you're... Am I boring? <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, but I did that to start with and I thought I was being rude and you went, no, no it's kind of, you know, it's because you're training, you yeah. need the oxygen in your blood, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So those sighs there were just yeah. oxygen sighs. And it's funny that everyone does it, right? Yeah. Every one of your clients... big hippo yawns (laughs) a client today came up with a classic he was changing the um the weights on the bar and he said why don't you do it you do it for me i just sit there and let you (laughs) work around me your time you're wasting um (laughs) and he was doing it sitting down with his legs it's just a funny position to be doing it in you normally sort of squat or crouch wayne said it's wayne's son wayne said to him like 
that's a really strange position to be sat in. I don't. I think it's because like when you get older, it's really hard to do that sort of legs straight out in front of you and your body upright. Right. And um, like a weird doll. Who and, sits like that anyway? Yeah. You don't sit like that unless you're three, do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was his youngest son. <laughs> and um, he said, oh, yeah, he said when I was on work experience, they used to laugh at me because whenever I was doing the job, I was always sitting down. And I went, what was your work experience? He goes, bricklaying. <laughs> I had this image of just like two rows of bricks. Because <laughs> like, you can do the low yeah. bits. <laughs> Didn't quite follow it. Get his sort yeah. of city and guilds. So they not get one of those office chairs. You could pump them up. Yeah. Just so we could do another thing. couple of layers. Or we could just do bungalows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Have them on his shoulders, mm. couldn't they? And just, you know. Uh, what else have we got on this episode today? I'm going to keep this episode tight, Mark. Yeah. It's going to make a kipper's ass look baggy. That's the plan. Tight um, as a wizard's sleeve. No, it's that's the other. Uh, opposite action. <laughs> oh, that's nice tight. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in Work Life Ballet, we're going to be talking about a, a little bit of a, a link back to motivation and accountability from the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and then seamlessly weaving in two opposite actions. Oh. Just mm. mentioned that. You did, didn't you? <laughs> not funny. And we're not going to talk about brain food because I'd like to get to it. Mm. I have something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've left a little question mark there because I might not get to it. Okay. Well, let's be tight then. Let's just be boom, boom, boom. Right. Okay. Mark, you're looking um, you're looking um, brown. Earth. Then when I last saw you. Yeah. But that kind of blue, purpley blue. Mm, sort of azure, do you think? Azure. <laughs> yes. I was going to say, which is your... you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of matches your azure eyes. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, what's new with you? Well, you just check, check your own biceps out then. No, I just, what are you doing? <laughs> I just checked the you, colour you, of the top. You, you flexed and then looked. No, I didn't. You flex. did. I didn't flex. You did it now, aren't you? We just they look like that when they're when they're. No, is that? No. <laughs> they're bulgy when you don't do anything. <laughs> uh, uh, what's new with me? Yeah. Um, Great. Uh, <laughs> nothing thank you for listening and if you wish to subscribe and give us a five star <laughs> review on apple Podcasts. so we're going to keep it tight yeah and short sorry i didn't i didn't give you in long enough to answer yeah i it'll come out stuff will, will come out yeah okay yeah uh, we've already mentioned the football mm. um but uh i was thinking about because I, I said to you that we met this morning we trained this morning yeah and i said to you i was upset mark mm. not not that we won mm. per se but the fact that we didn't win in open play yeah like prop just just finished them off yeah annoyed me and the penalty annoyed me but then i thought you know the penalty that was wasn't and the one that wasn't was so basically it leveled itself out yeah so that's okay yeah i'm trying to just justify what you know i think it was someone who showed so much talent that that his the first reaction is you're a couple yeah. of inches from Wouldn't goal. It be easier to score yeah <laughs> if you're yeah. that good and right? the way he's congratulated it's all like other people knew mm-hmm. he cheated and like we said yeah. this morning, the commentators, he was clever. He drew the foul. He was, it's like, it's cheating. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. But, you know, we're through, I suppose. And uh, someone put on Twitter, all you know, all the people that are whinging about the the, the penalty are moaning about it. And mm. I think they, they had a picture of the, the Lampard shot that was, you yes. know, against yeah, Germany in the goal, World yeah. Cup. It was three... Three for over, and I think it's a picture of uh, Maradona with a hand, the handball as well. Yeah, it does it's even like... itself out, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, that but... was handball, watching the replay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, going on last night, VAR wouldn't have even picked that up. No. <laughs> Just... I saw a brilliant um, meme of VAR, the whole VAR um, setup, and the Queen doing it. <laughs> Did yeah. you see that? <laughs> that was good. Yeah. So, talking of madness, mm. um, some other things, uh, basically talking about the things that we talked about this morning, we didn't kind of okay. have the chance to get into, because I was just lifting so many heavyweights. You did, you did a lot of reps. Your head I doesn't felt, believe it, but you did. I didn't, normally I don't feel it till the day or two days after okay. I felt it when I got to the office. <laughs> like that, I was like, holy crap. <laughs> All in the back, yeah, yeah. the yeah. back of your legs. Yeah, well, yeah, the back, yeah. yeah, just everywhere, Mark. Posterior chain. <laughs> My posterior chain? Yeah. Hmm. Should have taken it off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm trying to be a punk. Yeah. Um, we were talking about... What fabric did you think when you saw that? Because I visualised what you just did. What fabric comes to mind when you just said what you said? Then I just say? Wanted to be a punk and I was saying posterior chain. Just say it, the first fabric. No, Under, underneath the chain, what's the fabric? Leather. No. What? Oh, I thought you would have come up with it. Tartan. No. Okay. No, I'm not a proper... No. I mean, you're a proper punk. Tartan just, not just the Bay City Rollers, but it's... (laughs) (laughs) They weren't punk, were they? No. No. They tried to be like a little bit edgy for the middle of the road 
Is that, I can't remember. I don't know anything about baseball. Well, white suits trimmed with tartan. Mm, so what's the tartan bit then, being a punk? What's no, it just some of the punks that? had tartan. It was just a... We used to have something called... Um, it might have been Scottish. Oh, is it a bum flap? A bum... What? What? You can't say bum flap on here. Something like a bum flap. I've said bum it twice flap. now. No, stop saying bum flap. But they were tartan. They were... They were. It was almost like half a skirt. I'm going to write into Google tartan bum flaps. <laughs> right. <laughs> Little Lorraine Kelly's come up. <laughs> <laughs> she has, Yeah. Um, Tiger of London bum flaps and straps. Yeah. That's what's come up. That's, well, that fits the criteria, doesn't it? Yeah. Am I right? Am a, I great, right? a great way to add to your look with these printed bum flaps or punk things up with some bondage straps. Yeah. So you had the change and you had the, the bondage straps between your legs and then a chain around your bum, but often on a tartan bum flap. Yeah, tartan bum flap. Oh, it's just all learning, isn't it? Mm. This? Every pod's a school day, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so you, hold on, you kind of had bondage. You're like, did you Up put yours. Your, pardon? Uh, it's what? a song. Oh, what? Cultural references. X-ray specs. <laughs> Polystyrene. Yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah. Only because you keep banging on about them. Yeah. At training. <laughs> yeah. Have okay. you heard the latest? <laughs> yeah. 1977 hit from X-ray specs. Um, so you're into bondage, were you? No. Okay. But you wore bondage. I didn't. I was, no. My, so my how far did you was, go on the, on the, did my, you have a bum flap? <laughs> I had a strange punk image, I think. Right. It was a bit it's a bit like your cottage core. Right. It was it wasn't traditional like a bit more chintz, was it? A bit no, more kind of It was a bit more it was a bit more um sort of granny punk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Did you have a purple rinse? I mean what Oh I used to Did you have purple hair? I used to have plum hair. <laughs> what plum coloured? Yeah. Or just no, it's made rub, of, yeah. rub, plum, rub plums in it. But when, when I didn't have dye, we used to use soap to spike it when times were hard um, and food colouring. We talked about that before. How, and how in the mosh it pit, it was, yeah, it was just this, it was like a foam party. <laughs> <laughs> Very liquid and, um, yeah, what's and it called? Everyone just comes colouring. out with flat, long hair <laughs> because it, it was and Purple and green cheeks, yeah. <laughs> That changed the well, world. Well, good job there. Bum flaps to cover those cheeks. Yeah, we could it? always wipe mm. your cheeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See what you did there. I can't improve that. Um, this isn't going to be a tight episode, is it? It's all over the no, shop already. We'll pull it in. Pull it in. Let's see what um, we can do. We were talking about uh, the drug ban. We're getting serious now mm. for uh, Shakari Richardson. Yes. The American sprinter. Because I heard the first part of this story, and you filled me, filled me in on the second part of this story okay. this morning. So this is the sprinter who. Um, had some personal difficulties. Yes. She was trying to chill out a bit mm-hmm. and smoked a spliff, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I guess it was part of the routine drug tests. Yeah. And it's a banned substance. Yes. And we were saying this morning, of all the substances, you know, that yeah. sprint, you know, something that probably isn't going to aid any uh, performance. No. Except and, eating competitions, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and um, But that's what I heard that she, she got banned. And then yeah. you kind of filled me in on the rest of the story. Mm. that she was only banned for a month which covered the individual 100 meters but not the relays yeah she's the fastest female american sprinter but then the ban lasted a month which ended before the beginning of august when the relays take place yes and then the team still dropped her anyway american team yeah you're like well done that's like serving your sentence isn't it coming out of prison and going you can't have a job yeah and everyone just turns around and pretends they don't know you anymore she smoked a spliff yeah (gasps) yeah Mm. Yeah, tough, isn't it? Mm. But but most of the, we're saying most of the, most of the places in America now it's legal, and some of the, even the biggest states in America it's legal yeah. now. So yeah. why is it still so? Well, because it's an IOC thing, which obviously has to cover the whole world. But I'm thinking if you take yeah, but the world the, as a their whole, team, their team didn't go. Okay, she's she's served a ban. Oh yes, exactly. She, she's come out. She's fessed up. She's really sorry. Yeah. Let's kind of you know. Yeah, and they've taken plenty of proper proper drug cheats back, haven't they? Mm. Yeah, they have. Yeah. I mean, Lance Armstrong, I I, I think might have. <laughs> What, taken a... Taken a bit. <laughs> but they had mini bad. electric motors as well. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. You've seen those clips of the... Yeah, that's a little bit worse than having a split, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> An e-scooter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just I just think... It's just a shame, isn't it? Yeah. And it's a shame she broke the rules for her. And in retrospect, I don't think she would have done it. The thing is, this used to happen in prison. Cannabis stays in your Mm. system a long, long time. Mm. So a lot of people in prison used to use heroin because for drug tests, it Mm. goes out Mm. quicker. And that's almost the irony of this, is Mm. that she could have taken 
cocaine at a party and it or something else and yeah. it might have been outside yeah. the system yeah. quicker but yeah yeah but loads of people onto it all the rules the rules she knew it's like really i don't know it just feels she's trained for four years hasn't she and, but mm. if you're a pop star or famous actor or actress mm. it's just almost like part for the course yeah. because you don't have a committee drug testing you yeah. and you're going well in a way why not but she broke the law served the senate but they're still taking a moral judgment on yes, her aren't exactly. they exactly and it'd be interesting if she's they don't want to take her because one. they can't they can't face the backlash that the team are going to yeah. get it's easier to sacrifice her yeah listen to something today on sam harris and i at some stage and i'll run it past you by would like to say i had the mating strategies of earthlings is this the thing you talked about yeah but there's another one i've listened to yeah. since then i would like to say some controversial things not today. Okay. I want to run well, this past you first. You want to book them in? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. We should have a special. <laughs> I just, I just suddenly was listening to this guy today, and I thought we've got to a situation where certain things, certain, not necessarily words, but certain views, cannot be aired mm. safely mm. for fear of offence. Yeah. But if some of those views are either pure facts. And, and prove not like fact. them, yes. but they are yeah. the truth. I have my right to offend you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And the second thing is, if they're discussed in the context of this is my belief, this mm-hmm. is my feelings, and I can explain why it is, mm-hmm. and people still want to disagree with me, that's fine. But I think we've sat here on a number of occasions and not said things mm-hmm. because we don't want someone to go, oh, yeah. fuck them, they said this. And yeah. I'm actually thinking... I'm not going to come out with a tirade of homophobic or racist or different types of abuse. No. But there were certain things where I think I would like to express something, even if it upsets mm. people, as long as I can do it in a in a manner that is respectful to all yeah. sides. Yeah. And the one thing I was that made me think about this, and I'm not going to be controversial, I'm not expressing a view on this, I'm just putting forward something. Bristol is noted, as we know, it's invented nearly everything in the world, as we said in earlier podcasts, (laughs) but it is noted for Banksy. Banksy is probably Mm -hmm. the biggest cultural icon Mm -hmm. for some time. Mm -hmm. And like every quiz show, you know, which well-known graffiti artist, you know, it's it's a worldwide Mm -hmm. phenomenon. And they've recently put a rainbow crossing at the top of Mm -hmm. Union Street in Bristol to celebrate Pride Month. And it looks very colourful, obviously. It makes a positive message. I can't see any reason why anyone would feel that that detracted or shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. One of the things I do sort of think about on a personal level is certain causes, I think, are sometimes in the shadow of other causes. Mm-hmm. For example, disabled people don't seem to have the same support from multinationals mm-hmm. or from councils. Yeah. I don't see the ba- same... Basic access. Yeah. And I don't... Well, not just so much the basic things. access, but the promotion of it. You mm-hmm. know, so, some things are almost not quite as easy to promote, maybe, mm-hmm. or don't sit, you know, mental health or, or maybe certain things aren't mm-hmm. quite... Anyway, that's by the by. The point is that someone has put graffiti on this crossing. All oh, right. And I personally agree with the people that said it's a bit sad and it's, you know, yeah. there's yeah. work to be done. However, we cannot be in a position where we have gradations of what is right and what is wrong based on personal preferences. If Banksy puts something on a wall that is illegal, the Mm. fact it is humorous and looks good draws praise and everyone goes, oh my God, I've got a Banksy on the wall. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And someone defaces. You could go, yeah, well, that's just defacing. That's just vandalism. It's somebody spraying paint on something. And if you go this is good and that is bad, mm. Yeah, yeah. See. you're then on very dodgy ground because mm. you cannot build the reputation of a city mm. on someone doing graffiti, and but because mm. it's humorous, somehow it's okay. And someone would probably come and say to me, yeah, but they've defaced something, that's homophobic. It's, in some ways, it's the mm. freedom of expression. And yeah. I don't think it's right that someone's done that. And I think that person should be, you know, punished because I do think that is an act of vandalism. But if you take it to the nth degree, it's no more of an act of vandalism from him climbing up the council offices and spraying it. Because some of the places he has sprayed, not only illegal spraying, but even the access, the way he's got up there to do it. Yeah, I mean, he's broken into zoos or broken (laughs) into, you know, government buildings and stuff. So the point I'm making is that that, that, it's obvious I'm not condoning that. Mm. And I 
Okay, yeah. yeah, I hope I hope it doesn't happen, and I feel sorry that it did. It's happen. a like for like action. Yeah, when you re- when you remove the the trend or the the groundswell, that groundswell yeah. of the moment. We've talked about that before in training, yeah. haven't we? Yeah, you know, I, it's topical at the moment. Next month there'll be something else we're talking about. Yeah, but now it's all about pride colours, isn't it? Yeah, and who's wearing it? Who, especially in football and lighting yeah. up stadiums or not? Yeah. Or yeah, and it has yeah. been politicised. Yeah, but I think yeah. why I'm why I'm saying that now, going back to the. Um, uh, example that we gave of, of the athlete having the spliff is that you just said, oh, I don't think we will talk about the New Zealand weightlifter. But mm. the, the, the situation is, is that there are some things that on the face of it are a person taking drugs that affects their body mm-hmm. and a person taking a drug that affects their body, yeah. probably less, but, yeah. Yeah. but one because of political pressures or because of social pressures mm-hmm is almost accepted and another one is vilified mm. and that's what i'm saying it's becoming quite selective that mm. somebody can do two things that on paper and objectively are the same thing yeah, they're both vandalism yeah, yeah 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 but the the treatment will be different because yeah. of the nature of the vandalism yeah. and obviously it's worth like i'd rather see a banksy than someone vandalize a pride crossing 100 percent, mm. i'd rather mm. see that mm. but it gets to the point now where opinions and pressure and this is going back when i was saying about the football you look around at the football and you see all these celebrities hugging each other Mm. when 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 um england scored the goal yeah is it emma hayes and emma hayes and and ian Ian wright cuddling each other and then as soon as the camera's back on they have to be socially distanced and it's like this is all a bit of a game Mm -hmm. um yeah so that's all i wanted to say is that Mm. there would be things that i'd like to comment on in a rational way and just go, why is it that this is difficult yeah. to express? <laughs> oh, sorry. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? No, what I was laughing at. <laughs> People who organised a Bristol street party after England's semi-final win have been slapped with a £10,000 fine. Mm. Loud music coming from two houses and 200 people had gathered in the road. They went into the, one of the houses and issued a 10000 fine to its occupants for breaching COVID rules. What the fuck? <laughs> what yeah. the actual fuck? It's a lot of money. No, there was more than two hundred in Wembley, I reckon, and that. Yeah, it was more than that. What? No, but no. But we talked about this, Mark, this morning. It's a test event, wasn't it? Well, what about the? Because somewhere there was the a con- there was a control event, Trafalgar wasn't there? Square after. Yeah, <laughs> there was. An- we've said this. There's another Wembley next door with exactly the same game on. But Denmark won that. <laughs> <laughs> Square, yeah. <laughs> Which proves that Denmark have a better COVID strategy than us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, keep it tight. Next. <laughs> Motivation and accountability update. How's Damo getting on? All right, I wrote that. Damo? Yeah. How are you getting on? <laughs> well, Mark, it's very interesting, you should say. So, last week, you did a body composition on me. Yep. Not a drawing of me. <laughs> That'd be funny, wouldn't it? Or Draw a, me like your or French a short girls. Story, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, I was a bit worried. I'd, I'd, I'd drop the ball. What by saying I'm going to do something and then it was a little bit of that. Yeah. I don't feel I've necessarily um, smashed this week, but I was worried that I felt I'd put on weight, mm-hmm. and I had, <laughs> <laughs> which wasn't um, necessarily a surprise. But all the stats that you said, and I've got them here. Yeah. I think you said they were fucking impressive. Mm. I think were your words in your mm. text, which kind of cheered me up no end. Mm. Um, so I had put on weight, but all the other things were quite good, mm-hmm. weren't they? Which is promising. I was speaking to someone this afternoon how I was training. Is that the, 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 I was going to say the weight of the scales, that's not the right word. The emphasis of weight is disproportionate because you can yes. weigh more and every one of your factors has improved. So mm. the weight is irrelevant because it's just because it's, just because it's more doesn't make it a negative mm. but i think that becomes the one thing that everybody wants to reduce yeah but all my things had come down so my weight was up my bmi was down that doesn't make sense no it's gone up yeah no your sorry, bmi can't go- my, no, your bmi yeah. is just a correlation between weight and yeah. height so yeah if that yeah that has to have gone up if your weight went up yeah that's gone up uh body fat down mm-hmm. which i was surprised at mm-hmm. total body water was up only slightly it's up because you're you've so bad before. No, because you've <laughs> um, you've increased muscle mass and muscle holds uh, water course. better. Yes, that's right. So even yeah. if you're not drinking more, your body is more efficient with it. These are important things, Mark, to, yes. to, for our listeners to to take on board because we probably get we get misled, don't we? Yeah. Uh, muscle mass 
my muscle mass was up, mm-hmm. which, as you just said. <laughs> I'm just doing the reading. Uh, physique rating. Yeah, that's a bit of it. That's one of the, that's a, I would say that's the only part of this that it has some subjectivity to it. Okay. There's rankings that the people that do the test okay. almost give you like, what number are you? Two. It's been two forever. Yeah. Two is a sort of like, <laughs> you need to lose a bit, mate. <laughs> It's a bit like when you get your sort of fortune tellers on the end of the pier. It's going like, you know, could do better. Yeah, okay. My bone mass was up. Yeah, and that's so important. Mm, Because, as we've said before, Mm. nothing except resistance training can actively influence bone density. Um, Well, sorry, the only activity. mm, mm. Things like calcium and that can. Uh, My BMR. What is my BMR? Your basic metabolic rate. So that's what your calories that you burn. So I'm guessing that's gone up. It has gone up. Which means you burn more calories. By about 200 if, yeah. calories. So so is this the one where I can sit on my ass, eating what's it, watching, watching Homes Under the Hammer? You've got a free Domino's because <laughs> you've got 14 extra, hundred, 14 extra, 1,400 extra calories a week that you're burning just sitting on your ass. Right, cool. You're increasing ass. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so the more efficient your body is, so the better ratio of muscle to fat your body burns it also has an impact because someone's going to go well it isn't just about ratio to muscle to fat if i've trained people before that have been 24 stone or something Mm -hmm. they will have a high bmr because their body is having to burn a lot of calories Mm -hmm. to carry the the 24 you know so it isn't just yes muscly people have a Mm. yeah that's why it's good because looking these things in isolation you can get the wrong idea but everything was positive on yours and that, yeah. that's against a backdrop of you not necessarily feeling you are making progress. Mm-hmm. And then that comes to the word that you're probably going to... Yeah, my metabolic age is down. I'm younger. Yes. It's actually a year under my real age. Yeah. Which is good. Yes. And my this is the important one for me. Mm-hmm. And it's gone up mm. with my visceral fat because mm. I'm worried about my organs. Mm. That's gone up by, point, by half a percent. This is why... And a lot of people go... It's the stuff you can't see, isn't it? Is the, yeah. the fat inside. But a lot of people have a go at these body scans and go oh it's not an exact science but what we've just read out is you know your diet hasn't been good yes and therefore you've put on weight yes and therefore the stuff you've been eating we've already discussed Mm. is likely to have an impact (laughs) it's likely to have an impact negative impact on your the fat around your internal organs so Mm -hmm. we know all of that Mm. what you didn't know is the fact that you've come day in day out trained Mm. become stronger all the other markers which you can't see, yes, yes, have improved. So it's almost and it. And I was a bit despondent about. I didn't really want, you know, I didn't think it was going to be good reading. Yes, yeah. But I think, which will hopefully bring us into the next section, yeah, which you've kind of just covered, is that me just turning up mm-hmm. isn't just turning up. I'm probably doing. I'm probably doing myself down. Just turning up isn't. I'm, I'm minimising that by using the word just, mm. aren't I? Yeah. I'm turning up. Yeah. Even when my head isn't in the game. My body isn't always, but sometimes I'm on autopilot and I've had kind of sessions where I can't, I don't, you know, I'm not even thinking and I'm mm. lifting. But then when my head's kind of getting a bit chatty, mm. it's telling my body it doesn't want to do it. But, yeah. but I'm there and we're doing something. And we've been a bit stricter on the chat. You did like 48 minutes or whatever it was of, you know, almost Listening without to a break. You. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we have cut that out. It yes. did get to a bit. Yeah, that was the case. And today, like you're saying, you got to the office because you we absolutely did compound exercises, mm. which are going to mm. hit your big muscles. Yeah, yeah, it's good. What we also got into, and this will hopefully um, make a bit more sense. We were talking about, I guess we were talking about the the resi- not <laughs> not resistance in terms of weight training, but resistance in terms of resistance to doing the things we probably know yeah. we ought to be yeah. doing. And that can be all sorts of reasons. That can just be, I guess, apathy. That can be. It could be fear. That just can just be anxiety. It could be all sorts of things. Kind mm-hmm. of. The, the, the re, you know, sometimes we like I was trying to, which I couldn't do last week, was articulate why I wasn't doing the things I wanted to do. Yeah. Why I wasn't able to do the things I know I like doing that undo the mood that I'm currently in. Yes. But also when I do do them, they don't actually do the thing that they normally do. Mm-hmm. So what is that about? And you go, well, what's the point? Because it's not going to make me any happier or yeah, more. Quite, <laughs> anyway, yeah. and you kind of find so, yourself so in this. So to Pracy, you're saying... Going out on my bike in the sun, cycling in the sun yeah. makes me happy. Yeah. But you're saying because of where your head is at the moment, if you yeah. went out on the bike in your sun, yeah. although normally that would be your response, yeah. it's not going to have it's that impact. It. Yeah. And that is upsetting. Yeah. But it's enough not to do it. Yeah. Because you don't want to be upset. Yeah. Rather than just 
turning up. If 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 you were waiting for me out there on, on your bike, mm-hmm. I'd probably, go, go, yeah. you know, I'd get my ass out of bed and yeah. come and join you because it's just me and it's only me alone. Mm. So I think there's a big part of having a PT and having someone. Yeah. You know, we talked about accountability last, last week, and having an accountability buddy. Mm. I think that's really important. Mm. But then we were talking about resistance, about doing things. And you said you'd made a phone call this week. Yeah. Which is, you know, which you don't like making phone calls, which, no. you, know, and I, you know, I can kind of see that. And then you started talking about opposite actions. Yeah. Which is a technique, mechanism it's part for... part of emotional regulation. For changing your outlook of something. I mean, just, that, just taking a step back. So this is, I'm, I'm in about week 30 out of, I think, 34 weeks on my dialectical behavior therapy. Mm. It was interesting. I was speaking to my therapist and I was saying, my understanding has improved, my use of strategies has improved Mm. there might not necessarily be a change in in life per se Mm -hmm. but my ability to understand things and to start having some cognition about them is changing and i think the difficulty for me is that i want to change the big things i want to be decisive and progressive and positive but it's these baby steps that we talked about before and what happened with this. So emotional regulation is one of the four strands of dialectical behavior. And this opposite action just hit me like, um, just hit me like a brick in terms of going, it makes sense because it's, it's a dialogue. And I've been saying to you how I Mm -hmm. talk to myself Mm -hmm. in my head. Mm -hmm. And so what happened is I changed the tone and I changed the Mm -hmm. voice in my head. You talked about that. That's really amazing. The the tone of the voice of you in your head. Okay. Well, we'll we'll just take a step back in terms of looking at ego. Um, So one of the situations that can happen with BPD and in life generally is this idea of being stuck. And I think we said something interestingly today along the lines of there was elements of our life that were getting through that chunk like getting through weights getting to work getting through lunch getting through tea in order to get to bed in order to get up and it was Mm. maybe as far as we were looking well i was talking about this as far as i'm getting it's just the next thing in front of me yeah which some might say you're living in the now it's hardly living in the now it's (laughs) It's surviving in the now (laughs) yeah and living in the next yeah hour yeah you know, which no, isn't isn't quite the same. And thing. I was thinking that about the yeah, the constant thing on holidays, and I'm thinking, I'm not planning for any holiday, and having not been vaccinated, I'm going to come across mm. a whole number of mm. um, problems because of that. But it was almost me thinking, well, never mind the holiday. I'm still wondering about how I would pack my bag and how I would order a taxi to get to the airport mm. or how I would book the parking. So all those steps before I even. Yeah. Would you know think yeah, of yeah, getting yeah. into an aeroplane yeah, yeah um and so what i'm hoping is that my therapy will allow me to take actions that are more beneficial to me rather than being stuck in emotional mind mm-hmm. so it's bringing in the wise mind mm-hmm. and the bit i want to say about ego is because obviously instagram listens um mm. i came out of therapy and then two minutes later instagram decided to tell me yeah <laughs> what i needed to know it's probably not the best time to have your phone on. personal device recording you <laughs> through your therapy session yeah i don't i don't say much <laughs> <laughs> yeah so as i said my therapist was saying about being stuck and this came is how our ego can keep us stuck um to be honest i do follow this person it's called the uh, we'll put the links on i do follow her um she's an american psychologist Dr. Nicole Lepera, L-E-P-E-R-A. Oh, she's got 4 million followers. Um, And it was really interesting. This is one thing I love on Instagram when it goes followed by. Mm. And she's followed by one of my clients who I've never mentioned it to. And she's followed by Zuby. And at the moment, I'm a bit in love with Zuby. Um, And I think... Oh, it's like me and yeah. Zuby are basically, he's moving to America, actually. So It's basically what? Your, tw- what, your twin? Yeah. You, right. Yeah. Anyway, so. <laughs> or is it your crush? I mean, quite. That's just, <laughs> My <laughs> special person for today. Um, so, so the doctor has just mentioned a few things, and I think it's really worth putting this because it ties together things we've said before without even knowing that we've said them in a way. Mm, cool. So every human has an ego. It's the part of the mind that holds your identity of who you are, your beliefs, uh, and what you believe about the world mm-hmm. around you. Mm-hmm. And one of the things it says in here, it's this voice which tries to make sense of our own experience. 
And this phrase I like, this voice is actually not our own. It's the internalized voice of those closest to us from birth to age seven. We used the, the age seven thing, exactly the age seven, when we were discussing foster children, yeah. that basically if we got them after the age seven, and it's almost like this ego thing seems to be the answer, that yeah. the, that, that life experience for those seven years is so ingrained and yeah. what you're told and shown and exposed to. Yeah. Um, so the ego doesn't have to be seen as a negative thing necessary part because it protects us from pain because it's like you know questioning everything around us mm. um but it can become negative when it's fragile i.e it's being wounded yeah or we're unconscious unaware of the ego mm. so one of the things that, that i've been covered in therapy is around um secure attachment i have attachment issues mm -hmm. and this is around the subject of safety now i had a very very safe upbringing mm. i had yeah, I was protected from a lot of things, but it's only in retrospect mm. that the nature of that protection didn't have the attachment, the emotional attachment. Yeah, 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 so yeah. I had stuff so to eat. So you could go, I had, a, yeah, I, had, I had food in my belly, I yeah, had a roof over had my head, food. I had a bath on a Sunday. Yes. Things, you know, but you didn't have... Yeah, I didn't suffer per se, Yeah, but I didn't have the other things that make your life complete at that yeah. age. So there was things I was seeking. Yeah. Also things about expressing ourselves because of the control that I was put under. It's very much like I recognize a lot of my thoughts were I wasn't given the choice. Like my three daughters are, are all very mm -hmm. opinionated and I think I am now. But at that time, I, I was told what to believe. Yeah. So, you know, this is what you will believe in, whether it's religion, the casual racism of the age, yeah. you know, hearing yeah. things yeah. and actually finding myself being in a multicultural school and Mm. being casually racist because that's what happened at home yeah 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 and, and not sense. ever questioning it because in my younger age yeah yeah but your experiences outside of your the upbringing from your parents probably had quite a profound effect on you yes. didn't it, in terms of your openness and tolerance and which you've obviously passed on to your your kids yeah it has negative well it has yeah you know what i mean if you do i'm not knocking those seven years but it's there's some things that are sometimes there that that are no, and battling you, to and they're doing their bit they're doing the best they can yes you know you you know it's no there's no ill feeling there but it's no. just in retrospect and the the circumstances that you found yourself in or the life experiences you've had or haven't had yeah you can you can start you know finding holes in the in the jigsaw puzzle yeah. right or yeah you consciously made sure that i imagine you know you offered that to your kids that you probably did you do that consciously, do you think? I think sometimes consciously in terms of, I mean, I mentioned like this. Just in terms of, you know, encouraging them to have their own, have their own, yeah, make their own minds up. Yeah. And, and, and feel that, that, that they can express that even if it's, and, and Constance, my youngest daughter, quite often will not pull me up, but go, this is how it is mm. and feel confident enough to express that. Yeah. Um, not not in just sort of picking a fight, but feeling confident that that she feels that she can express that even yeah, if we disagree with voice. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I can remember things like, especially around things like religion, there was almost like, I'm going to sit you down, Mark, and tell you this is what happens and this is what happened in the Bible and this is what you believe in. There aren't any other religions. There's only this. Yeah, yeah. And when you go to school, you're going to go to chapel on a Sunday and you'll believe everything you're told. And it's interesting, I became confirmed when I was 14 mm. I'm, I'm not pro-religion now, mm. but I got to the point probably from those first seven years of almost feeling a guilt. Mm. So I used to wear a crucifix like, yeah, this is early teens. Yeah, yeah. I'm deciding to wear a crucifix. Quite a, There wasn't many people that got themselves confirmed and mm. it was my mm -hmm. idea, but there must have been some pressure and some yeah, nurture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I got to like 17, 18 and I'm going like, I don't even believe in God, but I've gone through this massive <laughs> yeah, process. Yeah, I'm fully signed up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's I've some things lacking. I, keep, I still keep going on about Noah's Ark. Um, <laughs> so all I was going to say about the wounded ego, so that so if you like the fallibilities of it, mm. um, she listed a couple of things and I was thinking the interesting link between this and BPD that we've discussed on the mm -hmm. three BPD specials. Yeah, yeah. Having a black and white right or wrong mindset mm -hmm. um being strongly attached to certain identities and i've said to you constantly i have to be the bodybuilder the sprinter yeah. the mixed up guy with mental health problems i i constantly have a, mm -hmm. a title underneath i just can't be mark being stuck in the thinking mind with little awareness of emotions people around me will see me as an emotional person but i make a hell of a lot of mistakes mm -hmm. emotionally mm -hmm. Um, feeling like differences of opinions are direct threats to you. And I said before we started the pod, 
just having a quiet discussion with a client about the football and him disagreeing with me, I was going like, seriously, fuck off. Like, why are you attacking me? And he was just mentioning someone being fouled. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going, I'm, I was feeling the pain of him saying something contrary to me. Yeah. And attempting to gain level approval through external things like achievement. And, and that's still happening. I'm still hoping that I'll be able to run again and like get validation from being a very fast old man. And it's like, it is tiring. You know, it'd be nice to be validated just for being you. Yeah. Um, so that's the whole ego thing. And how I feel that leads into opposite action is this, this was described really well. So I just, if I just give it a practical example. Yeah. So I might use the phone call one. Yeah, so there's a, there's a under dialectical behavior therapy, there's a number of emotions. So we're just going to deal with one. So the, the emotion is fear. So if you identify that emotion, as I was saying to you this morning, there's a whole continuum. So fear can be unease or it can be terror. Mm. And what the opposite action does in a way is assess the situation and go, is what you're doing relevant and, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Proportionate. Is it proportionate Mm. to the fear? So my fear on answering a phone call, Mm -hmm. I'm seeing the phone ringing and my default is, I'm scared of phone calls. I'm scared of speaking to people. I'm having a sense of fear. I will not answer it. Looking at the opposite action, if fear comes along, your emotional response is run away. Mm -hmm. Opposite action goes face face that fear. Because otherwise you're going to continually run away Mm -hmm. and I'm never going to answer the phone for the rest of my life, which is going to become awkward. So the phone's ringing and I'm trying to go through my therapy at the same (laughs) time. And the questions were, is this threatening your life? So if it's mm. fear that's threatening your life, if someone's going to ring you and go, if now you've answered this, I have to shoot you, <laughs> then don't answer it. If it's someone... Like I said to you this morning, you can't take the chance, Mark. <laughs> no. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I what, hang up. That's how I've lived so long. <laughs> if it's someone, if your fear is that someone is going to harm you or, or you know, yeah, going to yeah. harm you, then, then it's a justified fear. You're going to run away if someone's going to harm you. So I kept going down these gradations and got to the point that someone wanted to speak to me. So my fear wasn't proportionate to the fact I was going to run away. Mm. It's a fear I could face because if it got too bad, I can hang up. Mm. And it's a garage who are about to have my car. (laughs) So once, and I literally got it just before he hung up. (laughs) And so what I did is I faced the fear. So the opposite action, my head's going, my emotion is going, run away, run away. Mm-hmm. You don't answer phone calls. You don't know who it's going to be. I did know who it's going to be. And when I answered, he was a delightful man. And he just wanted to check a few things that helped when he serviced the car today. Great mm-hmm. garage, mm-hmm. picked up three hours later. Mm-hmm. I don't like going into garages or phone shops. But you um, said this morning that, the auto- unless you're going to come to this, the, al- the, the alternative of that, if you don't answer oh, yes. it, yeah, that you're going to have to call them back. Yes, and that was enough to make you pick it up. Yes, because that's worse. Yeah, <laughs> actually calling someone than actually taking a yeah, call. Yeah, and I don't think I would have called him back. In which case, the car would have turned up, and he was going, "This car is leaking petrol. If only you told us, I could have got a pipe to mend that." So, by facing the fear, it right. had a positive outcome for me. Mm. And of course, that's on a minimal level. That's yeah. Yeah, but I was speaking to someone today, and we were talking about it, and they were trying to to understand it. And I said, "It's this thing about proportionate response, and if you can have that dialogue with yourself, mm-hmm. that goes." I think we discussed this a couple of pods ago about going into a, a forest at night. If you have fear because you know there's bears there, but if you know it's the forest at the bottom of your garden and it's got a few grey squirrels, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, is your fear proportionate to? Yeah. Facing, and I, I guess fears in a whole host of ways, but I, it, I found it a very good cognitive response to actually think about. It's almost like you're a bit over the top here, Mark. It's having a over yourself. Like seriously, what can go wrong? Yeah, yeah. Um, but by having that dialogue, I answered the phone, and and I mentioned the thing about looking in the waitress's eyes, didn't I? It last, yeah, it did last week. Yeah, and that was another opposite action. You see, because what I do when I'm out is because I don't want to speak to anybody. Mm. I just look at my plate yeah yeah or the, I, or the I don't order <laughs> or if there's someone and i've got to have dialogue with them i'll tend mm. like i don't want anything yeah i'll just go no i don't want to order because i don't want interaction that. yeah so i was saying in therapy on saturday this is the thing now i need to know the the color of the person's eyes who's mm. serving me yeah 
And suddenly that means I've got to face that fear mm. because it isn't a proportionate fear. Yeah. Most people serving you aren't going to stab you. Yeah. It's bad for business. <laughs> <laughs> Except in the Toby Carvery. <laughs> Where anything goes. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I just, I, I liked it. And we can maybe post a few links to, yeah, that'd be good. to other ways of doing it. I did mention, I just remembered in the last podcast we were talking about that I must remember to mention the 54321 yeah. rule by Mel yeah. Robbins. And yeah. I think uh, our resident army captain emailed. Okay. He, there's an email for you in the inbox, by the okay, way. Okay, right. Have you not seen? No. I left it unread for you because okay. it said, Dear Mark, and I'm not going to I'm not going to look at it. <laughs> it's not for me. <laughs> but he said, please talk about that. So uh, Mel Robbins is awesome. Go check her out. If you if you haven't, I'll put, put the links up. But go and uh, read about her. She's, she's ever, ever so good. Um, so the five second rule is simple. If you have an instinct to act on a goal, you must physically move within five seconds or your brain will kill it. Mm-hmm. The moment you feel an instinct or a desire to act on a goal or a commitment, use the rule. When you feel yourself hesitate before doing something that you know you should do, count five, four, three, two, one, go and move towards the action. Mm-hmm. There is a window that exists between the moment that you have an instinct to change and your mind killing it. It's a five second window and exists for everyone. Mm-hmm. If you do not take action on your instinct to change, you will stay stagnant. You will not change. But if you do one simple thing, you can prevent your mind from working against you. You can start the momentum before the barrage of thoughts and excuses hit you at full force. So what do you do? So just start counting backwards to yourself, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The counting will focus on the goal or commitment and distract you from the worries, thoughts and excuses in your mind. As soon as you reach one, push yourself to move. This is how you push yourself to do the hard stuff, the work that you don't feel like doing, uh, stuff that you're scared of doing and that you're avoiding. That's it. It's five seconds and that's all it takes. There's loads more stuff on it. There's a whole book on it as yeah. well. But uh, one of the things I think she, I remember her, in, I think it's in the book, where she says she struggles to get up and go training in the morning. Yes. But she sets yeah. her clothes out the night before, which mm-hmm. helps. Mm. But also when she gets to her clothes in the morning, there's always that, do I put them on? And she does this for herself. And in that moment, it just break of kind of narrative or something yeah just that disruption yeah. to your to your to, to that negative energy mm. just gives you enough to either pick up the shirt or pick up the yeah your shorts and put them on and yeah on a tuesday and thursday when i come before i come to see you just you know getting up early because we train early yeah. if i get up and my stuff's already i've already got it out ready yeah i'll put it on yeah and as soon as you put it on it's like my cycling gear as soon as that goes on i'm Different doing mindset. i'm doing yeah. it yeah so it's just helping yourself get over those things um but it's good i won't get into it anymore but um i don't think i think i think that is closely linked with opposite action it isn't it isn't to the depths it's almost no it isn't going through the process of is this you know is this going to be detrimental to my health and what's the worst that could happen i think it's just breaking you out of a of the habit you know the the bad habit you're in or that that natural now i think we're hit we're hit with negative thoughts all the time yes you know i think we try to convince ourselves not to do things more than we convince ourselves to do things yeah i would argue Yes, um, no, I agree. But yeah, I guess in that in that five seconds, you can come up with your own, <clears> couldn't you? Or <clears> think <throat> about something, or go through a set of questions you need to ask yourself: Why am I doing this? What is, you know, you, just something to disrupt your your usual pattern. Yeah, I think the five, four, three, two, one would almost come at the end of the opposite action. So it's mm. almost if I if I'm seeing the phone ringing from the garage, and I've got to this point of going, actually, you're not going to die. Answer it. Yeah. It's like you've got five seconds before, you know, the, the yeah. devil on your shoulders going, well, <laughs> you don't know he's not going to kill you. Yeah, you do it later. And that's one of the things that I just, last little thing, just tying in on this, that was very interesting is that we were discussing pain and suffering today mm-hmm. in therapy. I think I've said this before on the pod, but it became very apparent to me today. She was saying no matter what pain or well, more suffering, no matter what suffering you're going through at the moment, mentally, physically, whatever, you're still alive. Yeah. So there's a little bit of your brain that's going, it might be shit, but you're not dead. Yeah. So doing something different than suffering, like being happy or yeah. taking that risk or, you know, whatever it happened to be, could you could end up in a worse situation. Yeah. So it's almost easier. At least you're still alive. So just keep going, keep yeah. going. But obviously you're not, it's going back to your phrase at the beginning, it's not living in the now. It's just surviving yeah. for a day, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, Mel Robbins has done well out of her book. So yeah. Is that the, the title of your book? The title of mine <laughs> might, might be bad, but at least you're not dead. <laughs> I've been booting this from podcast to podcast, and I'm going to do it right now, which is what makes a scent soothing. Okay. Right? Um, no, I'm just, there's a little pause there because it's there was relevant. 
What? You don't know it's relevant. To what? It's relevant to, the, I don't know, something you're about to... Well, the, the new business, the secret business. Oh, the business. <laughs> oh, that. Yeah, I've just been yeah, that. Um, okay, stocking. Yeah. Stocking? Yeah, stocking goods. All oh, right, I thought you said the stocking, business. so is that the new business? <laughs> I'm into that. <laughs> These uh, ones you put on your head and you go... <laughs> Remember there's a time when you couldn't walk in a, in a petrol station with your helmet on? Yeah. I can't. I'm, I'm embracing that now. It's great, isn't it? It's face covering, isn't it? Do they let you do it? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah, I've got the dark visor on my helmet. Yeah, I look I like Darth that. Vader. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they don't care. <laughs> no, why, why I was sort of smiling is that I've got two sort of lots of samples through for something that I'm going to hopefully use in the business and they're both sent. We can't talk about this, Mark. It's top secret. Okay. It's almost still the idea. Okay. Don't delete. Okay, yeah. Um, our sense of smell is triggered when fragrance molecules attach to a special cilia-covered olfactory receptors in the nasal cavity. Those receptors then send electrical signals directly to the olfactory cortex of the brain, which in turn talks to the memory and emotion centers of the brain, like the hippocampus, mm-hmm. amygdala, and frontal cortex, all things we've talked about yeah. before. Yeah. Um, a study out of Japan strengthen- strengthens the theory that some smells can act like nature's own anti-anxiety medication, tweaking our brain chemistry in ways that mimic the effects of prescription drugs like Valium and Diazepam in the journal Frontiers in Behavioural Neuroscience. In a series of experiments, Japanese researchers ran mice through mazes, poor maces, through mazes and other rodent stress tests, feeling a bit uncomfortable with that, uh, when exposing them to aroma called linalool, the organic compound that gives lavender its sweet floral scent. From previous studies, they suspected that the linalool would lower anxiety levels in the mice, which it did, but the scientists also wanted to test the hypothesis that lavender's calming effect went straight from the mouse's nose to its neurons. They also included mice... This is, now, this is a control, talking about Wembley, yeah. right? So they included mice in the study that were asnomic, meaning they had no sense of smell. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, how, a, that's a control. How, how did they know? <laughs> and they asked them, they so why don't you smell like this? And they went, no. <laughs> chocolate mouse. <laughs> They were always dusty, weren't they? The so my mouse had no nose. How did it smell? Awful. <laughs> um, you what? <laughs> what did you say? No, the white chocolate mice. Yeah. On well, the retro suite. They're always like... Because white chocolate isn't even really chocolate, is it? It's just No, that's like sugar. a different... But you don't, you don't get a chocolate bar which is made of the white mice chocolate, do you? No. That's a different chocolate altogether. It's like it's a Economy chocolate Crisps. Like... They're, a, they're, they're from the same factory. Mm. Wagon Wheels, Economy Crisps, white chocolate mice. Yeah. But yeah, how do they know they can't smell? I don't know. It doesn't say. Mm, Uh, Those mice showed no effect to exposure of linalool, proving that the olfactory system was definitely the delivery mechanism. Um, This could be good. Drugs. You looked at your watch. Don't do that. (laughs) 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 No, I tell you. Can (laughs) I just. It it makes me feel sweaty. No, just let me interject. I was saying today. um, I think I said this to you. And I was taking my time out reading that. When I I look at my watch, Mm. I guess the time. Yeah, Every you said that this morning. Yeah. yeah. And I just realised I was doing and that. You were, you were a minute out this morning. Yeah. And you were quite proud of that. Yeah. How, well, how, I how think I was a couple of seconds out. I think it was it had just turned. Right. No, what I was thinking was when you said keep this strict, I was thinking yeah. if we can do this by quarter past nine, fair play to us. Yeah, I think we will. Good. If you didn't interrupt. <laughs> yeah. Mess with my flow. Drugs like Valium, Xanax, um, <clears throat> Clonopin and diazepam are all members of the same drug family called benzodiazepines. One of the causes of clinical anxiety um, is overactive neuronal activity in the brain. Benzodiazepines can inhibit or calm down neural activity by binding to particular sites on neurons called GABA receptors. We've talked about these before, I swear we have. Uh, When a drug like Valium binds to a GABA receptor, it increases the flow of certain chemicals to the neuron that mellow the brain out. Japanese researchers made a strong case that the smell of lavender acts on those very same GABA receptors. They did this by treating some mice with um i'll get these hard names with flumazenil a drug that blocks GABA receptors and when those treated mice sniffed the linalool they didn't exhibit any calming effects oh, so that's probably how they took away their sense of smell where did you start on this because i've been meaning to talk about smells for the last two podcasts and we were wanging on too much about other stuff yeah getting all sorry for ourselves <laughs> <laughs> i was <laughs> getting self-absorbed uh that's it little little brain food uh got no life hacks this week um i'll try and bring them back next week for you because we're on a tight ship and um we're about to finish 
Yeah. Have you got anything else, Mark, before I... No, I'm going to, apart from being massively controversial next couple of weeks, I'm going to do a couple of, a funny thing happened to me on on the way to the Palladium type stories about my life. All right. I've been struggling with my long-term memory. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I found is I can find a process of reliving. I'll tell you this very, very quickly. I read a paper that said, in short, everything you've ever seen, heard or, or experienced in your life is in your brain, but your ability to bring it out you know, varies. And what I'm finding as I'm getting older is that there are certain things in my brain that are as clear as crystal, certain elements of my life. So I can remember at school, for example, a whole host of things, <laughs> mostly the beatings, but, right. <laughs> but I can remember other things as well. But there's whole years or whole mm-hmm. numbers of Got, people. Just that, gone. Yeah, Can't just be, gone. Yeah, yeah. So I've started doing, and I don't know if this is a thing, there might be a name for it. What I've started doing is I'm trying to find a word for it. I don't know what the word is. So this is what I do. I find a physical place where I know I was Mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. And I create a picture in my mind of that. And I was saying to someone the other day, like if I want to create colors in my mind so I can fill my mind with a color. Yeah, you're talking about you've been purple recently, haven't you? And they were saying, how can you do that? And I said, literally, so my I can see Mm -hmm. with my eyes open, Mm No, sorry, with my eyes shut, my brain is full of a color. Mm-hmm. So what I'm doing is creating the picture of a memory. So the other day, I created the picture of my childhood, the kitchen of my childhood. Mm-hmm. And almost like doing sort of Google Earth, I was able to look around and by concentrating, come up with so many really the intensive detail. things. So the brand of the kettle... All right. And the colour of the buttons. This on all came it. back to you. All came back. And it's literally you just have to you start with the big picture of the kitchen. You it's almost oh, like a virtual reality. You okay. go into or a like corner. um Yeah, like yeah. um Oculus, you know. And what happens or what happened with me, so for example, I went round to the sink and I could see the sink and I could see um where yeah, the the the, the rack for the plates. And then as I homed in, I realised we had one of those rubber things that you stick on the end of the tap. I never oh. knew why you did them, but they did back in the day. Oh, it was, yeah, okay. it's almost like, like a, a little nozzle, like yeah. a short nozzle. I don't quite know why, but... The, Does that just stop it spraying everywhere? I guess. Yeah. So I didn't know, and I couldn't remember we had that, and then I could see it, and then I could see the colour of it and the texture, God. and you keep homing it. It's like regress, self-regression or something. Yeah, but what I found was if I did this the sort of 360 hmm. vision... I could see exactly where the, and I'm testing this with my sister. Am Just I make right, sure you're not making yeah, it up. Am I right in thinking this? So what I then came to was that the table, mm. we used to turn the table upside down and pretend it was a boat. Mm. So I physically in my mind turned the kitchen table upside down mm. and straight away I could see the wing nuts that were holding oh, the legs really? on. Right. And those are real. It isn't a false memory. It wasn't a picture mm. that I just created mm in my own curiosity. So I came right down on those and I could see the wood in the wing nuts. But the more you look, the more you see. And Mm. I don't know whether this is a thing or whether this happens. That's pretty powerful. So that's maybe my my task for you is to to find something that you have a vision of from your past, Mm. a memory, and create, look at the physical space. Where are you when you're doing this? You're you're giving yourself some time. You're not doing this in the car. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah you have to have your eyes just shut. wake up you're in a ditch <laughs> the wing nuts you didn't ah. say why your car was in the garage <laughs> yeah you mended my light by the way for free oh, um most of the other things couldn't be mended what but, about the le- leaking petrol tank yeah that would explain the smell of petrol for the last nine months wouldn't yeah it? Mm. and the scratches down the side and mm. the bumper that i smashed but anyway so no so no what so, i do so where are you when you you're in oh, a meditative state no, not in a meditative state i can just be sitting on my bed or just sitting in a chair just somewhere quiet it's pretty cool i'm even doing it now literally while we're doing it i've just gone into the garden and i've just pictured the swing which i'd forgotten about mm. and it was a metal swing and it was a british racing green and i didn't know what, if you'd yeah. asked me but i've now mm-hmm. i'm right by that swing now it's pretty impressive I After don't all those think... drugs you've taken. <laughs> <laughs> or because of. I I don't think I don't think it is. I mean, have a go. Have a go this okay. week. Take yourself to okay. a place, maybe childhood. Yeah. Maybe just a room and then home in microscopic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Give it a whirl. Yeah, just remember that. That's it for this episode. Well done for getting this far and thanks for listening to us. Give us a follow on Instagram at I'm Finecast. And um I'm just gonna come out with this, Mark. Mm-hmm. 
I'm a bit worried about our numbers. I think people... People are working again, <laughs> aren't they, fuckers? <laughs> yeah. Um, you either need to also, do a BPD special. So please, if you listen to us, please can you send... This is, <laughs> this is, please can you send us an email to yeah. imfinecast at gmail.com. Just yeah. with anything, you know, an expletive, what you think of us. Uh, yeah. Just a hello. Yeah, let's be um, a bit more professional. Childhood, yeah, please. Childhood, do. yeah, just do it because... Um, because we well tell us what your kitchen table was like <laughs> <laughs> kitchen table about special. your wing nuts yeah. uh, uh then please do it'd be nice to hear from you yeah. um please i mean we're not fed up of resident army captain's emails we love them no. so we, yeah. army, you know. i will read that straight <laughs> yeah uh please give us a review on apple Podcasts if you can be bothered uh in the next episode we're going to be talking about choices we're also going to cover a little bit of free will mm-hmm. because we mentioned the Sam Harris podcast ages ago. Yeah. And choices of free will yeah. will go together nicely. Mm-hmm. I will do a little bit of an update on my, on my, uh, see if I can, you know, we talked about the um, physique mm. in that thing, physique rating. Yeah. I guess two is pretty low. So if I, is it out no, of 10? No. <laughs> it's is it's it out, out of, of nine, but they're not ordered. What? So six is the best. <laughs> oh. Right. Yeah, it's a very strange. That's why it's subjective. Am I? Am I? Am I? Do I have any chance of getting anywhere near a six? In no. your professional. <laughs> okay, I won't set that as a target. <laughs> no, just get out of being a two. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what's the next one if they're not ordered? What's, trained, what's after two? I trained someone, and she was a six. I've never reached six. All oh, right. It's she was an elite athlete. Okay, what's yeah. next? And after two, what if is it not ordered? Seven? I mean, no, how's what, it? one's worse than two, and five is just below six. What is this? We'll go through the chart. <laughs> okay, we'll have a follow-up. Anything else, Mark, before we go? Speak no. now. Okay, no. cool. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye.